0: 7 cast from Radio X.
1: Hello and welcome to Devoncast, the weekly podcast looking at local and regional issues in Devon, the politics, the people and how decisions here affect how we live, work and enjoy our county. I'm Ollie Heptonstall.
2: I'm Philip Germ. And I'm Rob Kershaw. On the way this week, we'll cover all the thrills and spills of the local elections. There were some shocks, there were some surprises and there was a little bit of history made as well. Ten councils in the county were up for election this week and we'll take you through what's changed or what stayed the same.
0: Devoncast
2: from Radio X. Loads to get through this week, then, and we'll start down in
1: Plymouth and a result, Philip, that's made national headlines. Tell us more.
3: It has indeed. I think everybody in there was surprised to some degree from all parties. Obviously, Labour were hoping to do really well, but maybe not even as well as they did. They they really kind of wiped the floor in there, and so they were they were, had lots to celebrate. Third of the council was up being contested there. They got thirty one seats now compared to the Tories' eighteen seats. So big difference puts Tudor Evans back in power. Which he's been there before in his long career, but now he's back in power, and um, and much of the party is delighted. It wasn't the only surprise there. Uh, the Independent Alliance, the group that's mostly broken away from the Tories, but some Labour... They were expected to make great inroads, take lots of votes from Labour and Conservative. They didn't do that. They're on the same number now, having won a few, lost a few in various areas, but they've lost their leader. Nick Kelly, he's gone. He lost his seat in Compton there. Also, the deputy leader, um, Chas Singh, he tried to take on Tudor Evans, Labour leader, in Ham, and he lost. He failed to do that. Um, but the whole majority was increased, and when... Evans was talking about this afterwards, when Tudor Evans was talking about this, he said it was a really important moment for the city.
4: This is a seismic shift in politics in Plymouth. Um, if you think about Johnny Mercer's constituency, uh, he didn't win a single seat. If you look at Luke Pollard's constituency, he won every seat. We even won a seat in uh, South West Heaven where Gary Streeter is. So we are delighted with tonight's result. Amazing.
3: And he didn't seem to be the only person that was not only delighted, but even a little bit surprised by that. Johnny Mercer himself, Conservative MP for Plymouth, more view. Even he admitted he might struggle to hold on to his seat at the next general election.
2: I think it's always going to be a fight down here. I mean, this seat had never been Conservative before, right? So I'm going to uh, fight hard. I'm going to work hard. Uh, I'm going to listen to, to people and uh, we're going to have a good year ahead and I look forward to it. Philip, uh, just talking about uh, Labour taking control from the Tories, given what's happened in the last couple of weeks and months, uh, do you think there's been a loss of trust in the Tory administration that led to this?
3: There's always going to be a lot of analysis on this as time goes on, but I think there are a number of factors at play here. One is the national picture. Conservatives generally across the country have not done very well in these elections. A lot of people wanting to be able to to punish the government in some ways. There are the local factors. There's uh, been the complete what Labour began to call the carnival of chaos uh, within the Conservative Party. Uh, Four leaders in three years, um, lots of changes, lots of backstabbing, people leaving the party. That hasn't done them any good. There's the whole issue about the trees, the famous trees that were taken down in Armada Way. That's caused a lot of controversy in itself as well. So all of these things. And what was interesting about the trees is that whereas most other parties used that as an electioneering tactic, Labour didn't because Labour were involved in some of the planning of that. So they just didn't discuss it when it was actually, it wasn't on in their manifestos or any of the other things. So that was, so, and maybe that ultimately played into their hands, that helped them. Uh, but I think a lot of what a lot of this was about is um, great dissatisfaction nationally and locally with the Conservatives and the natural default party that historically has been the case in the area has been Labour.
1: And how do you think this tees things up ahead of the general election, likely next year, Philip?
3: Well, that issue about Plymouth View um, is a very real one. And Johnny Mercer was being honest. He didn't come up and say to himself, OK, I mean, we can do this. Lots to do with listening to the people, which would be the obvious line. He's turning around and saying, it's really going to be tough. You know, how do we manage to to, to hold on to in, enough of these and to be able to win uh, over Labour next next time, um, there, and so it it, it is go, it's going to be it's going to be tough, um, and for the Tories next year, uh, the local it, a lot of it will depend upon what can be achieved by the Labour administration between now and then. Because of course, if they don't achieve a lot of the promises that they laid out in their um, various manifestos and so on leading up to these local elections then the local people are going to try and punish Labour and vote back. So a very difficult guessing act out there. But it's also been quite interesting over there in Exeter, hasn't it, Ollie? It has, Philip. Perhaps not quite as buoyant
1: as it was for Labour down in Plymouth. Obviously, a bit more difficult, isn't it, for Labour to make massive inroads in Exeter, considering they are the largest party by quite some distance, with a large majority uh, they have the same amount of seats as they had before the election. They're still on 25 after the results. They lost a seat in St Thomas. We'll come on to that shortly. But they did gain another in Topsham, following on from last year's shock success, a former Tory stronghold. So Labour doing well there. They did lose one in St Thomas, though, as I mentioned, so they are still on 25 seats. Let's hear from Labour's leader, Phil Bialik, who said it was mixed emotions for the party. And I asked him whether or not the win in Topsham and the defeat in St Thomas means the party is starting to lose its traditional base.
4: You saw the results in the Priory Ward, Midson Lake, Whipton, and my own Ward Exwick, didn't you? I don't, think, I don't think we're uh, losing it. No, it is not, actually. If you look back through the history, sorry to be, uh, you know, the Lib Dems, the Lib Dems 10, 12 years ago, ran the council. They had an overwhelming majority, and now there's three of them. I think if you look at the votes, our vote is held up in the main, but people were putting their votes somewhere else with the Tory collapse, and I think uh, feeling, well... Life is hard for people, the cost of living crisis is hard, people are angry, I get that by the way, Mm. that people want to, I feel sometimes when I'm out in the streets in my ward, I feel like I'm a lightning rod for a lot of their anger. It's not directed at me. They're angry about the fact that what government is doing uh, to their uh, mortgages going up, to their heating bills going up, food inflation uh, going up. They're not having pay rises which matches inflation. They're angry. Mm. And uh, here I am, and I'm a politician. I turn up on their doors and they
1: want to have a go. I get it. So Labour's still fully in charge in Exeter, but uh, the Green Party... They continue to make inroads in the city. They are now the largest outright opposition party on the council, increasing their tally up to six councillors. They took another in Newtown and St Leonard's last night. Afterwards, I spoke to one of their councillors from St David's, Tess Reed.
0: Absolutely thrilled to have gained new St Leonard's with a really big majority. We also increased our majority in Heavytree and in St David's Ward. I think what this shows is everywhere where people see green councillors, they like what they see and they want more of them. We are doing work tirelessly through the year for local residents and we're bringing a different style of politics a collaborative style of politics we work with other parties where that's the right thing to do, to bring the right results. And people like that. People think that's the sensible approach to fix the big problems that the country and the world and Exeter and all our local areas really face. And We are achieving things right here, right now. We are already the official opposition and now we've got more green councillors than we did. Before. It's just such a fantastic night for us.
1: It was a poor night though for the Conservatives again in Exeter. They lost another seat this time in Topsham, as I mentioned. Uh, but they will be relieved to have uh, held on to one of their seats in St. Lloyds, where um, one of your council, old councillors Jake Bonetta, tried to get elected. Rob.
2: Yeah, uh, he did. Um, and uh, Jake Bonetta, of course, left uh, East Devon District Council just before attempting uh, to get on to Exeter City Council was uh, unsuccessful uh, on Friday. But his sister, uh, Violet Bonetta, was successful in her attempt to get into East Devon District Council. Uh, She became not only the youngest uh, East Devon District Councillor, but also uh, the first transgender East Devon District Councillor too. Uh, And uh, it also meant that Labour got three seats on East Devon Council, which is a, a big achievement for them. Interesting. We'll come back on to East Devon later on, but just to round up
1: Exeter. And uh, the Liberal Democrats, they were successful in St Thomas and uh, actually the former leader of the City Council, Adrian Fulham, he won a seat there in St Thomas. So great night all round, wasn't it, for them across Devon. We will start in North Devon, Rob.
2: Yeah, the Lib Dems have once again performed very well in North Devon in these elections. They have retained control and they are top of the tree once more with 22 seats out of a possible 42. Uh, It was slightly better for the Green Party. They gained an extra seat. uh, So that's three seats for them on North Devon Council at the moment. Uh, And it continues to be a slightly disappointing time of it really for the Conservative in North Devon, not really making the impact uh, that they would have wanted to this time around.
1: Are you a bit surprised in North Devon that the Lib Dems didn't make further gains as they have done elsewhere?
2: Not so much to be be honest because I think the Conservatives have always had a, a, a generally good sort of grip on let's say second place in North Devon Um, and I don't think they were going to relinquish that too much uh, in these elections. They definitely weren't going to overtake the Liberal Democrats anytime soon uh, but I certainly don't think there was any real doubt about the Liberal Democrats maintaining their advantage but in terms of extending that advantage I think it would have taken quite the collapse uh, from the Conservatives if I'm very honest um, for that to happen. So I think retaining control with 22 seats is about the result that we all expected uh, in North Devon for the Liberal Democrats. And it also went relatively well uh, for the Lib Dems in East Devon. Uh, They improved from their seven seats four years ago and they went up uh, to 18 seats this time around. But there is a bit of a catch there because the independents did get more than them. They got 19 seats and the conservatives only got one less with 17 It's so tight at the top of East Devon at the moment, but we are expecting once again uh, the Lib Dems to form a partnership with the Greens and with Labour and with several independents to potentially take a majority over the Conservatives, in which we also think Paul Arnott would still be leader despite his Lib Dem party having switched the Lib Dems from the independents, uh, not actually having the most seats. It's a little bit confusing, it's a little bit strange, but we do believe that Paul Arnott would be leader uh, and will be leader when that coalition... uh, inevitably happens. And speaking of Paul Arnott, here he is after the election count.
4: The Democratic Alliance, which we hope will be running the council at this stage, I can confirm, will be the Lib Dems and the Greens and a very, very large number of independents as well, which will on their own get us to a majority. I'm certain of that. Uh, there may be some other independents we haven't talked to you yet who may want to come in. Uh, maybe even some other another political party. I, I just don't know at this stage. It's
2: too say. One of the biggest surprises, though, in East Devon during these elections was undoubtedly uh, the Conservative leader, Philip Skinner, losing his seat to Liberal Democrat Richard Jeffries. It brings to an end 24 years on East Devon District Council. For Philip Skinner, here he is talking about his surprise defeat.
1: The 24 years I've worked uh, passionately for uh, East Devon, it's uh, been in my heart for, uh, uh, well for 24 years to be honest with you. I, you know, I'm deeply upset, really. But having said that, you know, I got, I'm got i leader of the Conservative group here and uh, I've got to see my other colleagues over the line and uh, hopefully we can still win power in the election. So I'm i am one of a cog in a wheel. It's not about me. It's about the team and the team effort and how we move forward and how we take Conservatives and moving forward. And, uh, yeah, we just got to hold the line and, and move on. And uh, tomorrow's another day. That's politics. Really. That's the way it is.
2: Yeah, we might be a bit of a black cat. Uh, actually, for Philip Skinner, uh, he might have stepped over the wrong black cat there. Uh, we certainly haven't done him any good. But listen, he's on a serious note. He, he was very well spoken when he came on. And I think we were very surprised to, to see him lose that seat. Um But I'm sure he'll be back soon enough. And yeah, we might well see him back in, in politics sometime soon. He
1: was on a few weeks ago with Julian Brazil and talk about contrasting fortunes because he's just taken over... The leadership down in South Ham's hasn't he
3: Philip? He has indeed I mean what that was ultimately one of the biggest Tory losses across Devon I think it's probably fair to say that isn't it Um the Lib Dems took control for the first time ever they haven't been in control of, uh, of South Ham's before even though they have had a certain amount of influence but this time you know uh, Tories had, had basically run the council for over 20 years uh, they lost nine seats it also brought in the first Labour councillor in the area for about seven years and just a quick mention also on on West Devon um, uh, the the Conservatives who again had just been in power for so long there they lost the majority on West Devon borough council uh, but that goes now into a state of, of no overall control and also They've got their first Labour um, councillor in there in more than 20 years. Yeah,
1: you mentioned about Labour there, Philip. We were speaking to the professor from the University of Exeter a couple of weeks ago about potential Labour inroads. There haven't been many, have there, in the rural areas, apart from uh, West Devon there, as you say.
3: Indeed, and I remember him saying that it was largely because they didn't have the kind of organisational network there because they hadn't had the successes. And indeed, in some of these... Uh, rural um, areas some of these districts and boroughs they didn't even actually put that many Labour candidates forward Um, certainly not across all of the wards but it seems that if we look for example at the case of the uh, candidate the the Labour candidate who won in West Devon Isabel Saxby uh, she had uh, been trying to Get after she lost the by election by one vote, she was determined to get in, and she did. And she she got in with a a reasonable majority on this. So, um, it just as it said, it can be done if the organization is there on the ground. And I think that backs up what, um, what uh, Dr. Fox was saying. But of course, Mid Devon hasn't been without its uh, its interesting stuff, has it, Ollie? No, and certainly for the
1: Liberal Democrats who have. I think it's fair to say, romped to success in mid-Devon. They were previously the third largest party before uh, the elections this week. The Conservatives were previously the largest party. They, though, lost 12 seats. The independent group as well, they lost 11. And the Liberal Democrats benefit in gaining 22 seats with a really commanding majority now. They have 33 of the council's seats and the Conservatives now just on five. So it goes to show... How quickly things can change in politics. The Conservative leader in Mid-Devon, Clive Eggington, he was one of those who lost his seats with former leaders of the council, the two independents who had been in charge of the council over the last six months, Bob Deed and Barry Warren. They were two of the independents to lose their seats as well. And, um, yeah, so a, a bit of a shock result, I think. Not in terms of the actual result, but in terms of how many seats the Lib Dems have, have gained. I've got the chart here in front of me, and it is awash with Lib Dem gain, Lib Dem gain. Quite an astonishing result for them, and I think it goes to show it backs up their uh, their victory in the, in the by-election last year. And just touching on that uh, Labour discussion we had briefly there, Philip, still no Labour Party councillors on Mid-Devon, so they'll have to wait for another few years there, or indeed if there is a by-election they might, well... Try and nick one there as well.
0: Devon Cast. From Radio
2: X. So while the picture in the cities is largely red, the picture in the rest of Devon seems to be quite yellow. They have uh, held North Devon. They've performed extremely well in East Devon. And, Philip, it looks as though they've done very well in Teambridge too. Well, indeed, Liberal Democrats have held on
3: to a majority yeah, on teambridge district Council, um, they were obviously hoping for that. There were some fears that might not happen because there 's been quite significant battles on the council they, they, The party itself has got twenty six seats and that's that 's exactly the same as it was four years ago that hasn 't moved um, The conservatives however their their number of seats has has dropped significantly. One of the other parties that is claiming um, a certain amount of victory is the South Devon Alliance. They were were never expecting to necessarily win the whole council, but they are now the second biggest party. And um, there has been a certain amount of friction between the Liberal Democrats and the South Devon Alliance over the last administration. But it'll be interesting to see how that will continue uh, now that the South Devon Alliance have some more clout. But over in Torbay, there was a little bit of a surprise, wasn't there, Rob?
2: Yeah, the Liberal Democrats haven't really been winning over the public in Torbay, it has to be said, uh, for the last few weeks. You go to meetings where there's members of the public present, and you do often hear quite a bit of heckling going on uh, towards their leadership. And now the Conservatives have taken control of Torbay after a bit of a collapse, actually, of the the independent group. They went into the election with 10 seats and came out with two, while the Liberal Democrats did increase their tally to 12. Uh, The Tories now have 19, giving them overall control of the area. Uh, David Thomas, the Conservative leader, said that he was extremely happy uh, about the result and uh, it is a massive result for the Conservatives and it kind of bucks the trend of what we've seen in the rest of Devon whilst Tories elsewhere in the county uh, have been flailing and floundering. The Conservatives in Torbay, for now at least, seem to be thriving. Devon Cast. From Radio X.
3: I I think one thing's for sure, it's left a lot of people scratching their heads, I think, as to what's going to happen over the next of 12, 14, 18 months, however long it is until the next general election. And um, I don't know, I wonder what what you all think of what this tells us about uh, that general election and what might happen.
2: It's just very interesting, isn't it? I mean, it's we, we've got potentially until the start of 2025 to wait until the next general election. We don't know exactly when it's going to be. And an awful lot can change in that time. By-elections can happen we might have two new Prime Ministers by the time we get the next general election. So uh, an awful lot could change. Um, The the Conservative Party, we we know it's been going through quite a lot of fluctuation in, in uh, in the last 12 months. We don't know what exactly is going to happen with inflation. We don't know what's going to happen to the housing market. So it's all quite unpredictable. I think if you went off the trend of what we've seen in Devon in these local elections, you would definitely say it's not looking too good for the Conservative Party. But the tories have always done well in the in the recent general elections even if they haven't been dominating throughout devon so i i think it would be it 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 would be remiss of us to say that the tories are going to struggle because of these results but for sure it's i think it must be setting off one or two alarm bells i think for the conservative party and it party. is
1: it is fair to say they are sort of down in the dumps in the polls at the moment aren't they and who knows what will happen in a year 18 months time When things may well improve for them and they may well decline slightly for Labour, who knows?
3: Um, I mean, I, I actually think that after some of the celebrations of some of the other parties have gone down and after the Conservatives have begun to pick themselves up, I think they'll all be going into a thoughtful stage because the stats show, as of today, that... Even on this massive move of seats, it would not create an overall majority for Labour. So Labour are going to have to go away and do some thinking. The conservatives are going to have to do some thinking. All the parties are going to have to do some thinking. Over in the south and the west of Devon, of course, there may be some changes. We don't know for absolutely certain yet whether Johnny Mercer will be standing in that constituency, as we, uh, we were discussing a little bit earlier. And Gary Street, of course, is, he's, he's stepping down. Um, and You know, there's some speculation as to who the conservative, the prospective conservative candidates are going to be there. So the there's still a lot up for grabs. there's some talk about the setting up of the South Devon primaries whereby groups of people come together just with the sole purpose of trying to knock um, Anthony Magnall off out of his seat. So I mean and that's just done in, in, in our end I mean I, I don't know what you can tell me um, Ollie about what's happening specifically over uh, on the east side.
1: Well, certainly here in Exeter, Ben Bradshaw, long time Labour MP, stepping down at the next election after I think it's over 25 years now he's been uh, the city's representative. Steve Race will be taking over from him. Certainly um, Ben Bradshaw's choice by all accounts. That'll be an interesting one to see how, how popular he is with voters in the city. And there are some accounts that people who do tend to vote Conservative have voted for Ben Bradshaw simply because he is so popular in the city. So it'll be interesting to see how Steve Race does there. And it is now about the sort of personnel, isn't it, ahead of the elections, ahead of that general election, and whether they can get their message across to to voters, Rob, not not just the parties.
2: Yeah, and I mean, one of the issues uh, that Steve Darling of the Liberal Democrats has at the moment, he's going to be uh, contesting the election as a Lib Dem, standing as an MP, but he seems to have lost a lot of trust on council level. So that's going to be very interesting to see if he's able to, to gain some of that back ahead of the next election. I mean, he's just lost a council for the Lib Dems
1: on a, on a day where they've won... Council's left, right and centre across Devon.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit embarrassing really for, for the Lib Dems. So he's got to pick himself up from that and he's got to really focus now, first of all on, obviously on the Council, but he's really got to focus on this uh, MP campaign because if, if he doesn't put an awful lot into that, I have a feeling it's going to go quite poorly for him. Um, elsewhere, um, Ian Little Granger is actually someone that I'd f- I don't feel like we talk about an awful lot uh, going for that, that Tiverton and, and, and Honiton seat. He's kind of stepped under the radar with that one, with the, with the Tory announcement. It'll be interesting
1: to see what happens next when all the new administrations take over at their respective council headquarters, draw up their cabinets and start to work on policies which they hope will benefit the people across their districts. Many thanks to Philip and Rob for their company this week. Thank you for listening and we'll be back with another episode of Devoncast next week.
0: Catch the latest episode of Devoncast every Friday at radiox.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts.